Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Go ahead, Gino. And welcome back to Mindset Monday. Today we're all, today we got a great one going with Mike Moore, Mindset Mike, brother Jeff Zanetti, Gene Zanetti here, bringing you a Fargo recap, why it's important Fargo, what we've learned, lessons learned, and just where we're at in the state of wrestling right now, given the, given the um, late July month. So let's start with the numbers like I always do. We just, I just pulled this up on Flow Wrestling. 82% of the eligible Division I All-Americans competed in Fargo. Of those, 80% brought home hardware. Enough said. That's why you got to be out in Fargo. Yeah, it's a challenging tournament. A lot of people are scared of it. A lot of people underperform at it. But realistically, it's where you put yourself on the map. It's one of the biggest tournaments to put yourself on the map, if, especially if you're not necessarily a big name. A lot of people a lot of people make their name uh, at Fargo, and that happened a lot this weekend. That's right. A lot, a lot of people breaking through this week and coming out of the woodwork. It's funny. There's a guy in town. Everyone keeps asking me because he's in the town next to me. He's like, do you, get, do you know this guy, Sergio? I even have my kid's teacher. They're like, do you know Sergio from Scotch Plains? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I just I don't know the kid yet. Well, he goes out. He won 16 and under, under at Fargo. Sergio, Fargo. you know him. He's, 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 he's an edge guy. We know his dad, Lou. I saw them training down last, um, last summer in Belmar. They were working out on like how we used to do on the stage over there in Belmar, him and the kids. Did you really? Well, for some reason, I didn't know him. Well, now he's got my attention. So shout out to Lou Sergio, cadet national champ from he goes to Del Barton. There's also another guy who goes to Del Barton from uh, from Clark, which is a town that a small town I live in. Uh, Andy Trzinski, and he's going to be wrestling at Penn, our alma mater. Oh, I met him. Yeah. How so many- sh- shout out to Brian Stoll of Del Barton. He's doing good things over there. Yeah. How many years have you been going to Fargo now, Mike? So it would have been since since I left my job. It was the first event I went to, so that would have been what was that 2016, I think. So that this would be my fourth Fargo because COVID uh, COVID shut uh, shut down last year. You've seen a ton there, I'm sure. Does it feel the same as it did before? or is it- uh, This was actually the 50th anniversary and the largest Fargo of all time, over 6,500 wrestlers. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Quite a number, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just like nothing like it. It's, it's, it's like the Olympics for high school. 
Um, and now, now the problem is that, you know, as a mindset coach, you, you have to treat it like another tournament. And there's lots of good ways to do that. But, you know, it, it's a week long, multiple sessions in a day, lots going on. The whole town gets it's pretty Fargo becomes the Olympic Village for a week. It's, it's, it's a great thing for business for us, because what happens is after the season, a lot of people start dropping off. A lot of people have been on our program. They wrongly drop off because they say, well, now let's get a break. When, in fact, now the information is the most fresh in your head. So what happens? A lot of times they take a break from competing or just compete locally here and there. And then Fargo comes up like around July, June. We start seeing a, a bigger spike. Right. What? Like late May, we start seeing a spike. People preparing for Fargo. Yeah. And that's because, because now it exposes you. Whereas in the summer, if you don't go to Fargo, a lot of people don't go. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling strong. I'm getting bigger and everything because they're in the weight room, but they're not being tested. But Fargo exposes weaknesses and exposes the holes. So that's why we start seeing the rise of people start joining the program again in Fargo. Yeah, I, I, it's probably, I would imagine, outside of like right at the beginning before the season, the most signups of the entire year probably come around this month. Yep. And then, and then right after, of course. So. Clearly, we, we had wrestlers all over Fargo competing all different age divisions, levels, um, teams, clubs that we're affiliated with. Mike, you want to talk about some of the success stories out there, some of the people that you were around, some of the teams that we've worked with? Yeah. Uh, success stories. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up uh, the picture right now so I can better reference. So let's just talk. We'll start with freestyle. Um, I think the, the story, the... The big story of Fargo was Valiant Prep, which are uh, clients of ours out of Arizona. It's a school, high school run by Eric Larkin and Angel Cejudo, a lot of former ASU guys. And like 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 they say out there, it's it's just a bunch of hardworking local Arizona kids. It's not like a, it's a private school, not, uh, similar to a Blair or Sim, but it's only wrestlers. And uh, they're all local kids. No, no kids from Ohio, Florida. You know, they don't pluck the best kids in the country. So a bunch of local Arizona kids in their third year of having a school. I'm going to share my screen. Um, you can let me. Does it show that I'm sharing my screen? It says yeah, that it's a screen. blank. It's a blank screen, though, right now, Mike. OK, so how about right now? Here we go. I see some yeah. hardware. Yeah, that's that's a lot of hardware. That's 10 All-Americans and seven of them were in freestyle. You see uh, one, two, three Fargo champs in the middle. That's Adrian Meza. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. I, I can't remember the kid in the middle's name. Uh, Davion. Davion. Sad story about Davion. Uh, three of their kids busted weight in freestyle um, because they did not check the they did not compare the check scale of the hotel scale. So they went hotel scale straight to the regular scale and then they stepped on. They were over. So three top 15 kids had a bump up uh, for freestyle. So Davion was one of them. He was crushed, uh, did not All-American in freestyle, comes back and wins Greco. And then you can see the Outstanding Wrestler Award over here is with Kyler Larkin. And uh, Kyler was unseated, unranked, and teched the number five kid in the country, teched, uh, uh, beat up four ranked opponents uh, to win, and then one most outstanding wrestler. And then Emilio all the way to the left. Uh, he was winning with five seconds left in the finals and uh, misunderstood the score, gave up a takedown. But long story short, uh, he beat Nick Buzakis 10, uh, 10 to 5. Uh, that was a former number one pound for pound kid in the country and outstanding wrestler at Fargo. So that was the biggest success story, not just for us, but honestly, I would say for the entire tournament. Uh, all over the Internet, everyone was talking about Valiant. So let me turn my screen share off. Um, You're peaking at the right time. 
There we go. Yes, 100%. Uh, they, they, they've done an amazing job there. And, you know, they realized that despite Eric Larkin being an NCAA champion, Angel Cejudo being one of the most sought after coaches in the country, they sought out resources knowing that, like, hey, like, we want to give our kids the edge. That's what um, Henry Cejudo gave us a shout out in his video. And I was like, you know, a valiant thing. He um, does a motivation Monday, right? Yeah, he does a motivation Monday. He's like, they got Mindset Mike from Wrestling Mindset as a mindset coach over there. So you, you got his attention. Yeah, they they uh, talked about all the ways that Valiant has an edge, and uh, the first thing Henry mentioned was us, which was awesome. So some other some other teams that did well. Uh, so Dundee in in Michigan, that was um, you know a team we've been working with for five six years now, multiple times state champs. They put two in the finals, went one for two. Uh, Braden Davis won a second uh, Fargo title, which was awesome. Uh, and then at Detroit Catholic Central. They had two All-Americans, uh, as well as Manny Rojas, one in the finals. And then uh, Aurora High School in Ohio, Dylan Fishback, in my opinion, won, should have won most outstanding wrestler. He bumped up a weight class to wrestle better competition, and then he pinned the number five kid in the country uh, in dominant fashion and earned the golden ticket to who's number one. So this will be like year four in a row we've had a kid wrestle at who's number one. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we just got some of the results that trickled in with other All-Americans, Maddox Shaw, Liam Neitzel, Matthew Martina, and then at the Cadet World Championships, Meyer Shapiro won, won the gold medal out there. He was, he's was he been on the program for a couple of years. He worked with Devin Misenko. So just just some unbelievable success stories at Fargo and, and throughout the country. I, yeah, I got to share, too, uh, in girls. Uh, the Michigan girls that we work with through Michigan Revolution, uh, all throughout COVID, uh, Mark, Coach Mario Flores signed them up for 36 workshops, which is our highest level program in the beginning of COVID. They had one, two girls win it, and then a total of, I think, four All-Americans just from their small club in Michigan. And uh, they did a phenomenal job out there. Um, and I'm looking here. Another cool, quick story. Huh? The girls won the world championships. Oh, the girls did. They won it. And we got pictures coming in from Tokyo of the training going over there, the scenery. It's really cool. Well, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, that's right. I, I did just see that. Um, one, one, one kid that a lot of people don't know about from Idaho, uh, longtime client, um, Col uh, Coulter Burton. Coulter entered all four tournaments on his choice, not his dad's choice, not his, not his coach's choice. He wanted to enter all four tournaments. And uh, he... All-American and he's a cadet and he all-American then junior freestyle and then he won junior Greco. So the last tournament after he's wrestled like 30 matches in the week, he ends up winning. And uh, I think he, he dominated, might even pinned his way through the finals. So pretty cool. <laughs> so I guess this takes us to our next next topic. I guess that this is how you got dubbed Magic Mike over yes. in Fargo. Magic Mike. I don't know if they meant it as an insult or um... oh, 100 it was an insult. Yeah. Yeah. 100 it was an insult. I yeah, took it as a compliment. I, I said, they're seeing the results. They think he's got a magic wand in his pocket. They I think, know. <laughs> so, so, so that's how I see it, right? Because we always see the glass. I, I, I thought it was because he's so ripped. Those guys are ripped, man. I thought I figured Mike has been working out more. He's been training jujitsu. So I thought it was a compliment just on his physique. That's they funny. They're attributing his success to sorcery, which is ridiculous. But we'll take the compliment. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely an insult. And, uh, it was, you know, it was, uh, someone making a comment about, uh, like, Oh, what kind of advice magic Mike giving you over there? Like, just, and then, and then proceeded to talk about how like mindset training is like not important and dumb. 
uh, and things like that. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's the similar conversation that you have on a rare occasion uh, with people like, ah, tough wrestlers don't need this or good coaches already do this. And it's like weird. We had like five number one kids in the country use this. It's like weird. We had like 13 kids win Fargo. Like uh, it's not about you don't have to be sick to want to get better. And it's just so the, the whole thing, the whole reason I posted about it, like I could care less if someone makes fun of it. Like we're all from New York and New Jersey. We got thick skin. It's uh, it's more so like the ego and the arrogance of coaches that will discourage a good resource that will help wrestlers where they need it most. And, you know, like I left the FBI because I saw how much this was helping sports. And I thought opening up a wrestling club was how I was going to help wrestling. And realistically, like this is where wrestling needs and sports need the most help. So I was frustrated that someone who is a leader in their state uh, would do such a thing. And uh, the same guy actually like made one of his girls stop doing wrestling mindset. He's like, you will not do that if you're going to wrestle for me. And I just think that that's like just so crazy. So it's, it's unfortunate we live in a world we live in. So uh, uh, I made a post about it. And that's funny. Everyone was like, oh, you should see it in a positive way. I'm like, I don't care about the name calling. It's the ego and the arrogance that's killing our sport. We all love wrestling. And, you know, people like that just uh, do wrestling a disservice. Yeah, we're not we're not going to call this guy out by name. We're going to spare we're going to spare him. But we don't. But again, we don't care. We talk about this all the time that we don't we don't care at all what people say about us. But it is important to get on the record that this is how a lot of people are thinking and it's hurting them. And not only is it hurting them in wrestling, but it's going to hurt them in school because these lessons apply to school, their future career and their life because they're saying, oh, magic. You know, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll take something that's working and then they'll and then they'll blow it up. They'll go to the far end extreme to make to kind of tool you. And that we've seen this over and over again. So it's just coaches don't look at it like that. You got to humble yourself. You know, if you think you have all the answers, you got to change your questions. And yeah, there, there's Ooh, I like that. Yeah. When you think well, Louis Simmons, I ripped that basically plagiarized it from West Side Barbell. But it's it's one of those things where if you if you do, you're, you're going to, you're going down the wrong road. Yeah. You're not, even, you're, you're not even in the right ball game right now. The smart people humble themselves. They're always learning. When you look at the high-level people, our coaches clinic we just had, they're always learning. I could learn from you. I could learn from them. And then when you have like a small-time, you know, lower-level coach, then it's like it's all me. Yeah, and and and, and thankfully, I think we're at a point where like we we, we hear that sort of stuff like pretty pretty infrequently now. But uh, uh, my like I said, my my big gripe was that it was a leader in like in like that state, a leader in that community. And, you know, someone that carries influence and you don't see it as much. People see the value and either you see the value or you see the consistent results or both. Right. Um, so even if you don't like it, you can't, you can't knock what's working. Right. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it, but it works. But thankfully I think a lot of coaches have uh, caught on, especially after this Fargo, my phone is just like, I think currently I have 358 unread messages. <laughs> I was going to say, too, if it was magic, our, our book and our exercise, it wouldn't be this thick. We wouldn't have this many pages. If it was yeah, magic. right. Like it would just sell the magic pill. But like anything, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes work. You know, and yeah. I think most people in the country realize that, you know, if, if wrestling is whatever, 80, 90, 95 percent mental, you got to be putting time specifically into training your mind. But sometimes a lot of the results come quick, because especially we see with women who tend to be more emotional, where when they could when they could realize how to how to even out, how to control that. Not, again, not only is it helping them in their, their social life in school, but as far as far as sports, as far as wrestling, they're able to control those nerves. They have a new level of confidence and those results can come quick. So right. you might look at it and say, oh, it's kind of like magic. It's not. 
but it's just knowing how to think. And, and most people have just been trained the wrong way their whole life through, you know, we call the fan mentality, the hype. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, be, be, it goes beyond the mat, right? We're trying to build virtue in life. And that, that brings me to a story I wanted to touch on Gavin Drexler. I think he was six and two at Fargo. He came up a little short. He was up like six, nothing in his last match and somebody stepped over a gut and, and pinned him. But the next day, so he wasn't an All-American. I think he had a friend who was an All-American, had to get up the next day early to, to you know, weigh in, wrestle. And I'm sure he didn't want to do it, but the guy wanted him as a workout partner, right? He got up early, got his stuff on. He's devastated. He's hurting. But he gets up as a good friend, a good teammate, and warms up with him the next day. I think twice during the day as his friend competed and uh, became an All-American. So that's just a testament to the type of person he is, the selflessness and really what you want in, in your wrestler. It's got to go beyond the mat. Yeah, look at, and looking at it, even if, even if you win the whole thing, it's not just, oh, I pound my chest and now, hey, I'm good. It's like still think about how can I serve? How can I help? How can I get more involved? And I was real guilty of that, just being overly selfish with, oh, I really don't care about this. While I'm competing, this is all I'm thinking about. And sure, there has to be an element of selfishness, but that can't take over everything. We did our interview with Kenny Monday. He was saying getting involved in the team aspect actually takes a lot of pressure off of you. Otherwise, it's all about you. And, you know, not only, and uh, uh, just apart from that, it's just selfish. <laughs> well, uh, I noticed working with a lot of really good teams. And like, so I'll, I remember Michigan, uh, Dundee specifically, the coach always said, he's like, the best teams that I ever had were team first, person second. So like, what I noticed is that a lot of these teams in Michigan, the, the team state tournament is so important. They do better, the individual wrestlers at the team state tournament than they do in the individual state tournament because it's bigger than them. So, like, if they're fighting for something bigger than them, they're willing to dig deeper and they'll do more. And then you see a kid, like, do the unthinkable for his team, but then not be able to do the unthinkable for himself. So, yeah, like, when you when you can connect to something that's bigger than you and that's team-related, it's a lot easier for you to be successful. And like Jeff said, it's, uh, it takes the pressure off, or Gene said, it uh, takes the pressure off the uh, individual because you're competing for something bigger than yourself. That's actually, you know, what we've talked about for years. Penn State believes that wrestling is a vehicle to glorify God with the gifts that he gave you. They have no pressure to win, just uh, just the obligation to give a full effort, um, you know, and they that's why the, those guys seem very loose, because it's not about winning or losing or themselves. And it's, it's very it's very nuanced, because a lot of times people will say, well, don't you say don't don't think about everyone else. Forget about the team when you're competing. Focus on yourself. That's a nuanced position. We're talking we're talking about don't add extra pressure to yourself by thinking I have I have to win for the team like that. But as far as digging down deep, being part of something bigger than yourself. Like there's a way to balance that properly. And that's, that's exactly why you'd have a mindset coach, because it seems like those are two conflicting pieces of information. Focus on yourself, get your head in your own match. But at the same time, it's something bigger than you. You're part of the team. Those, those apparently contradict on the surface. So we teach you how to work through that and untangle it and separate. No, this is where you focus on the team. This is where you focus on yourself. A lot like our exercise where we say, okay, who are other people? Our confidence exercise, we talk about um, who are some of your success examples? Who are some other, other people you relate to? And kids would say to me, well, I thought we don't care about other people. And I'm like, well, we don't care about focusing on them, about their opinions of us and comparing ourselves to them. But we can use some things they're doing to learn and to create success examples. So those little nuances that are apparent contradictions, we help you cut through all that. Yep. All right, next, that's awesome. Next thing we got on the agenda, what if I didn't have success at Fargo, right? I'd imagine most people coming out of Fargo don't feel like it was a major success, right? Even the kids that were all Americans, a lot of times they were there to win it, 
Right. Very few people come out of there completely satisfied and they shouldn't. So what's next? We didn't have success at Fargo. What do we do? Yeah, well, I think uh, Fargo is one of those things that, um, especially if you don't win, it builds such a hunger in you between now and let's say Super 32. So uh, kids that don't compete, like Gene said, they, uh, they're like, oh, I'm getting strong, I'm great, but you know, they're not tested. So now that you got tested, I think a great example is uh, like on, on Valiant, there's, there's, there's two people. There's the Kyler Larkin that like surprised the world. And then there's uh, Emilio Isagiri who lost in the last five seconds. So, you know, Emilio was having a tournament of a lifetime, beat, beat the crap out of a kid that was number one pound for pound. And, you know, but he lost in the last five seconds. So he has this like pain, this desire, this hunger burning inside him that he's going to work as hard as he's ever worked, even though he like well exceeded the expectations on paper. Uh, and on the flip side, you know, uh, people that like didn't even get there at all, it, it made them realize that like, wow, I thought I was working hard. Well, at least I have an opportunity in the next two months to work harder. So I think Fargo is just such a good measuring, a measuring stick and uh, encouragement for kids to focus on the right things during that like August to October period that a lot of people kind of fall off and like give them, you know, well, I'm gonna take a break and you should take a little bit of a break. But realistically, the kids that are trying to win those big tournaments, you know, uh, they're always getting better. But if you didn't do well at Fargo, then this should be your motivation to not just work hard, but like be focused and be intentional for the next two months. Yeah, that's true. This is the time where people hit that low especially in August, how many times we see people either dropping off the program or the kids nowhere to be found. You're texting them. They're not around. They're on vacation. So, so it's good to have that sour taste in your mouth at different points of time during the year, especially now. I was just talking about that also with Northwestern Mutual, our business we were working with in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was saying now's the time where people are going to coast. If you want to have a dynamite fourth quarter, you got to hammer down right now. And while other people are going, yeah, you have vacation, you hang out, you have a good time, you know, you go to the lake. But you got to throttle down during this period of time. You also got to avoid the honeymoon phase right after a state tournament, after Fargo, where it's like, I'm excited, I'm motivated, I'm going to work harder than ever. And you do that for a couple of weeks and then it goes back down. So I think that's the importance of competing frequently. So you avoid that and you can, you can have those feelings frequently. But also that would be another reason for a mindset coach to make sure that you're more even keel as opposed to up and down. Right. You don't want it to just be that honeymoon phase and then go back to normal. We got to be motivated. We got to have these good habits throughout the year, really. Yep. Yeah. And a big thing we heard from, uh, uh, I know we we're going to hit on this. This was one of our points. A lot of parents will just ask the meta question, like, why Fargo at all? If my kid wants to be a state champ and it's Scholastic. Why not just do, why not just do Scholastic? Why, why do the top bottom thing, right? Get good at riding, still get good at getting out. And I get it. Like once you stop freestyle season, you, you are a little rusty on top bottom. You can get back to that uh, more, but the picture I always show for that, the, the, reason, the, the reason why I think freestyle is so important, and again, it's not like this isn't backed by the, by the research or anything, but right here, this was my Fargo year. This is back in 2001, Team New Jersey, and you see down here, can you see where this, the face yep. is circling? Okay, so yep. we got down here, this is Zach Esposito, NCAA champ, Mark Perry, two-time NCAA champ, Steve Mako, two-time NCAA champ, Olympian, Kurt Backus, uh, national finalist, Brandon Becker, four-time All-American, um, Strakowitz back here. He was an All-American. I think he was national finalist. Duke here is D3 All-American. Here I am with one of the best hands on here. Nick Roy has a pretty good tan, though, also the head of um, Triumph, who coached Ashnold, Holloman, all those guys in New Jersey. Um, Uffelman has a clothing company, and I, he was killing. He might be the richest one in this picture. Matt two-time NCAA champ. 
Yeah. Dan Pelt, this is my teammate over at Rutgers. This was the Sonny Delight kid. So if you remember drinking Sonny Delight, that was him. They used to call him Sonny Hill. He was a Rutgers wrestler. Brian Heller wrestled for Penn State. Um, who else do we have? Joe Galanti. Here's the head coach of TCNJ. Kevin Fox wrestled for Sacred Heart. Jared Terrell wrestled at Ryder. He's now Bergen Catholic coach. Ed Gutnick right here is one of our salesmen for wrestling mindset. I'm like 0-4 against him lifetime. Rudy Medini, Rutgers uh, wrestler, NCAA qualifier. Mark Cartella, Drexel. Devin Misanko is one of our um, mindset coaches right here. He wrestled at Columbia. Uh, he beat me to qualify for the NCAAs, an automatic qualifier. And then here's um, Tom Curl, who wrestled for the University of Buffalo. So I don't know how many reasons that is. And there's some other people in here. I don't exactly know who they are. This big guy in the back, a few people. But nonetheless, it's like that's, that's enough good reasons to, hey, this is why you go to Fargo. So I get it. The correlation doesn't equal causation. But sometimes you do need to be thinking that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what if you were successful in Fargo? That's the next topic. I still have my jacket over there. If you look over, I have it hanging up on the wall past the, I don't know if you can see it. It's in red up there, but it's, it's up on the, it's up on the wall, my Fargo jacket. I still take great pride in it. And it's an experience. Like those are people you could connect with now for the future in the business. Maybe you help them down the line. You, you know, you have a business, maybe you own a business one day. Maybe it's just connecting with families, but these people become your friends and it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to meet people around the country. Yeah. So, so. What if, what if we were successful? And I know the answer. It's more, more or less more or less the same thing, right? It's our match evaluation. Who's going to talk about the match evaluation a little bit? Good. You were going to say something first, Mike, and then you could take the match. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, you know, we, we a lot of people think of things as, like, good or bad. Like, a good match, a bad match. You know, a good, you know, um, a good thought or bad thought. But, like, matches and thoughts are just things. And, like, it's like, well, like, what did I take from it? So if I, if, I, if, if I won, what did I learn? If I lose, what did I learn? So, like, realistically, not, not, like not much to change. But I feel like the people that are, that are doing well at Fargo, they should use that momentum to continue moving forward. You see a lot of people, like, they do this and then either do one of two things, like you said, work hard for a couple of weeks and drop off. Or they're, they're like the kids that go to uh, J-Rob for 30 days. They're in the best shape of their life. Come home and don't do a damn thing for like two weeks and then lose it all. Right. So I think that like when someone does well at Fargo, keep uh, keep that momentum. A lot of people, um, I feel like they uh, they feel like, oh, well, I'm going to get a break now. And, and that's fine. But I feel like they should just keep that momentum doing something else. Like, you know, be really good with your nutrition. Like be really like use that momentum in the train in, in the weight room or or something. You know, uh, too many people train as hard as they've ever trained, do really well and then just stop. Like I said, you know, they go to intensive camp for 30 days, come home and then lose everything that they gained. So, yeah, I think, I think it's finally finding a balance between break, finding a break and getting momentum. Yep. So it's so it comes down to how do you how do you evaluate a match, right? Because what happens is a good wrestler will build confidence when he wins and he'll learn when he loses. But I think the best wrestlers, they could do both, right? They could build confidence and learn from both a win and a loss. And that's what we're really looking to do. And I think that's what the match evaluation is really so helpful with. So you wanna who, who wants to give us the, the two, three minute rundown on the match evaluation? Because I think that could just be really helpful to you know our listeners. I'll show it here. It's one of our mindset worksheets that we, you know, that we revisit constantly with our athletes. Go ahead, Mike, you take it. Sure. So uh, we, I actually hand these out at Fargo uh, for kids that ask questions uh, as they're, as they're coming up to the booth. And uh, I think it's very helpful. So long story short, like I said, there, there's no good matches and bad matches. Like the, I think the worksheet verbatim says, sometimes we win and wrestle poorly. Sometimes we lose and wrestle well. So the idea is focus on wrestling well. So how do we focus on wrestling well? Well, if you could objectively, could, uh, can you hold it up, Jeff? 
Yep. As you guys are seeing, you know, if you could object, uh, give me, yeah, there we go. If you could objectively evaluate, like it says there um, on the bottom, effort, attitude, and then in the middle are all forms of aggressiveness and neutral top and bottom. So if you could objectively evaluate how well you wrestled, well, the next match, you're focused on checking X's and O's, not winning a match. Like, did I, did I take the first shot? Did I move forward? Was it my tie or no tie? Did I, did, did I never quit? So you see throughout a tournament when you do stuff like this, the objective is not trying to win or not lose. The objective is to try to check more yeses. And I told you the kid that uh, he entered all four tournaments. Well, he won Junior Greco and he got better as the tournaments went on. And he did this every single match. He sent it to me every single match as the tournament went on. So the goal was check less no's, check more yeses, not win more matches. So it takes pressure off and it tells them exactly what to compete, what to focus on. When you're on your feet, instead of worrying about all these things, just do the things on the paper. You know? Yep. We, we all know good coaches will tell their athletes, you got to focus on effort and attitude, effort, attitude, and aggressiveness. But here it's like, all right, what does that mean? What does effort look like on your feet? What does effort look like on top? You know, what does aggressiveness look like? What is a positive attitude? So it breaks it down. And like you said, makes it very simple and you're not focused on winning. You're focusing on the process, which is going to lead to ultimately to more winning. Ultimately, that sheet is the literal process of winning a wrestling match. So when they say focus on the process, the outcome takes care of itself. That's what you see there. I compare uh, kids that wrestle to wrestle. They just wrestle hard. I say that's like uh, driving from Fargo to California and you're just driving west versus uh, kids that use a match evaluation. That's like using a GPS. Like you know exactly what to, well, you know exactly where you're going, what you're doing, what, what to do, what not to do. It's almost hard to fail when you know what to focus on. Exactly. Because you, know, you hear over and over, a parent, you ask a parent or you ask a coach, how did the kid do? Or you ask a kid how they do. They either say their record, if they won or they lost, what they placed, those kind of things are like a score. Right? A baseball player, too. They'll talk about what their stats were. They'll say they went three for four today or whatever. They made an error. They're talking too much about the outcome. So we said, well, how do we – everyone knows it's not how you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Well, what does that look like concretely? And here's what that looks like concretely. So we just basically codified it, and we have it there where it's, where it's nice and simple. Check more yeses, check less noes. And it trains your mind to think in terms of those factors in your control. Because you've been trained over time to think in terms of wins and losses. It's not your fault. You, but it is your responsibility now to change. Because you know that that hurts you. When you're thinking too much of wins, losses, records, and, and the, what you place, you know that adds pressure. Now knowing that, it's your responsibility to train yourself out of it. Well, that's a hard thing to train yourself out of. If you're not going through this exact mindset, this match evaluation every single time, every single time, and now before matches, you know, this is what I'm focusing on and I have complete control over it. The wins take care of themselves. Yep. That's right. If not now, if not see, now in the long term. You, you see this graphic now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see the graphic. So really that's step one after every match, evaluate your effort, attitude and aggressive. That's how you do it. Then step two, identify improvement areas, right? We got to look at the tournament. What did I do well? <clears throat> mentally and physically and technically what do i need to improve on develop a plan to improve in those areas right it can't just be up in the air we got to find out what are we actually going to do to improve you know finishing our takedowns how are we going to improve our setups how are we going to improve our confidence right we got to have a plan to improve those different things it's got to be part of our action plan then i think it's really key at the end of the day and this is what i've been doing with a lot of our athletes is identify things you did well because Assuming a lot of wrestlers didn't get exactly what they wanted, you got to come out with a good feeling. You got to feel good about where you're at and where you're going. So number four, identify the things that you did well. 
And then finally, forgive yourself for mistakes and move forward with confidence, which is a big part of mindset training in general. But, you know, things happen that we didn't like. We got to be able to forgive ourselves and move forward, you know, as confident as possible and, and expect good things next time we go out there. Right. Now that's, and that's just, right. And that's just a graphic right there. So that's not, um, we're still sharing the screen. Yeah. That's still, yeah, that's just a graphic there. That's not exactly what the, um, what the worksheet, what the worksheet looks like. Yeah, the worksheet is up here. So this is the worksheet, the match evaluation after each evaluation. Yeah. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. So yeah. And then you have goal setting and you have the action plan. So how are we improving in the different areas after each match? So, Sharing the screen, yeah. So, admittedly, this is for sales. This isn't for wrestling. We work with sales teams also, but like, if you if you see here, it's it's no different evaluating a sales performance versus evaluating a wrestling performance, right? Did did you pre-call? Uh, did you have questions prepared for your prospect? Did you have a well-rehearsed opener? Uh, you know, the stuff we take Northwestern Mutual for, uh, through Mass Mutual. Your materials were organized. Can I answer what's in it for me? And your effort, attitude, and aggressiveness. It's literally the same thing because in sales, it's so much. Hey. Did you make the sale? Yes or no? No. Did you do these things? Did you ask good questions? Did you clarify? Did you make sure they understood what, what you uh, your product? So it's 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 really the same thing. But going through that every time, otherwise you're otherwise you're just going to think in terms of did I get the sale or not? Huntington Learning Center. We spoke with them last week. We had a big national presentation, and and it was it was unbelievably well received. And it was probably one of the worst times of the year to do it, right in the middle of the summer when most kids couldn't care less about school. But nonetheless, it was a great thing. We do the same thing with the kids evaluating their tests. A lot of parents, coaches watching this, you know, my kid's not a good test taker. As a school psychologist, I heard that all the time. I'm not a good test taker. Really, is that really what it is? Or is it probably you're focusing too much on getting the good grade, getting into a certain school? I don't want to get punished by my parents. I don't want to get, you know, I don't, I want to, I want to be academically eligible, all these type of things. And it's the same thing with your pre-test route, uh, your pre-test evaluation. Are you focusing on the factors in your control? And this codifies that process. And you have to do it over and over and over if you want to train your mind out of the outcome, which is a very, very hard thing to do. So it takes time. That's right. All right, we're, we're running out of time here. We got to bring up the Amin family. Actually, the last time that we were, all three of us were on a podcast together, we were on the Cave Talk podcast with, with the Amins. The Amin brothers, well, I think we had the brothers, the cousin, the dad jumped on for a little bit. So what's what's going on with the Amin family right now? I'll give you a hint, they're in Tokyo. This is the first wrestling mindset affiliate that carried a national flag at the Olympics. <laughs> so pretty big deal at the University of Michigan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. he cool. So I think uh, I think what uh, uh, I know. So Miles Amin is competing in the Olympics, and then uh, I think a lot of the guys from the Michigan RTC are there training, and then you know obviously um, uh, there's probably a handful of the Amins that are there as well, like helping Miles get ready. But uh, yeah, Miles is representing San Marino uh, in the in, in the Olympics. That was pretty cool. Cause, you know, back in the day, years ago, University of Michigan was one. I think one of the first like Big Ten clients that we ever had. So nice to see them. You know, that come full circle years and years later. And uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen on lots of the podcasts we've had. Uh, not Sam, uh, Mike Amin, um, you know, who's very successful in business in Michigan uh you know supporting the podcast and what we do and what we've got to say so it's cool to see that family you know that's been you know long time affiliation with the program to be uh you know shining star in their country in the olympics that's right I think hopefully, it's a place. hopefully pretty soon we could do a recap of the olympics and we're talking about miles i, I think that will be the case but that's that's coming up soon a couple of weeks we're excited for that and his, and his dad's been really helpful in putting us in touch with 
you know, big time business people and helping us to punch in with big time organizations. So it's, um, you know, he, he sees the connection being a very successful person himself. He's not like, oh, this is just a wrestling thing. He's saying this is going to help him business too. Yep. You know, s- smart people make that connection. It's really not that hard of a connection to make. If your mindset improves, all areas of your life improve. Yep. That's right. All right, let's close it down. Gene, why should they buy your book, Developing the Predator Mindset in Sports and Life? $14.99, it's on sale, 10 bucks. That's one reason. It's on sale now through July 31st. Give a quick 20, 30 seconds about the book, please. It is 10 of our best mindset exercises in the back of the book. <laughs> so, I mean, you could really do, you could do our, now remember, we have a total of over 80 mindset lessons, something like that. You've t- our, 10 of our best ones in the back of the book. So you could fill that out. You could photocopy those and you could use them basically every match. That'd be one reason that maybe most people wouldn't think about that, you know, think about just the predator prey mindset, which we talk about all the time, but you have lessons right there. So that's, that's basically a throwaway. <laughs> I, I'll put him on the spot. He always does. He always does better that way. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right, guys. Great stuff. Next podcast. Pretty soon we're going to be coming. We're going to be talking about the Olympics. We're excited for that. We'll bring some recap as that goes on. And and then we'll continue with the leadership clinic. Some of the great speakers that we're presenting last week. And we're going to be and, and we're going to be selling those Magic Mike shirts, right? Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. I, I will guarantee you those listening, I will have Magic Mike shirts at Fargo next year, if not sooner. Right. And we will and we will be giving that coach who said that a free shirt. I will. I'm going to walk right up to him, give him his size. That would be the only pink shirt. Yes, yes, yes. That's a great idea. Didn't even think about it. That was a good joke. That was a good one, Gene. <laughs> All right. Great stuff, Mike. Thank you. Good stuff, Jeff. Awesome stuff, guys. Take care. Bye. Yep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.